Come on. I'm going to say that again. They had prayer meetings and God ordained people. Yes. God raised people up. God singled people out. Mm -hmm. And as they ministered to the Lord and they fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. It was not an elder born or a presbytery that set them apart, though fivefold ministry was there. The Bible said the Holy Ghost. I need you to understand something tonight. Nobody set them apart except God. Amen. And all we do is recognize who God set apart. So I, I'm just here tonight to just recognize who the Holy Spirit is set apart yes. for the work, uh -huh. for the assignment. Come on. And I believe as pioneers for something beyond words here in Hopkinsville. And the Bible said, and watch this. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to stop right there. The Bible said after they had prayed and they had fasted. I know that tonight is not an organized event to have called a corporate fast. But it just does so happen that you call Relevate Church, who I represent and who I represent that entire congregation tonight to come and, and, and set our hands on you and pray for you tonight. I want you to understand we're in the middle of a 21-day fast, so I don't believe uh -huh. that it's a coincidence that we're here tonight in the midst of a fast wow. to be able to wow. lay hands on you. And the Bible said and the Holy Spirit said, we just acknowledge what God's doing. We acknowledge that you live to the to the to the maturity of what the Bible describes in the book of Timothy and Titus when he says that these are the evidences of spiritual maturity. And you have met that and you live that every day. It's not a checklist of religious duties that you have fulfilled, but it has become the evidence of the lifestyle that you live. So yeah. it wasn't a checkbox of things we tried to achieve so that we could hold a spiritual office. It becomes the fruit of who you are. So tonight we recognize that and we honor that. And we say thank you for your yes. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for years of pioneering and serving, loving, and building people. Because yes. that is what fivefold ministry does. Yeah. We build people, not institutions, not churches, not ministries. We build people. Yes. And I want to thank you for building people. Yes. Thank you. You didn't need a platform. Amen. You just needed an opportunity to love people with His Spirit and with the truth of His Word. And because of that, God's given you a platform. You've been building it for years, and it's getting larger by the day. And it doesn't have to have a microphone, but it's ministry to the lives of people every single day. So it's my honor tonight. To, to lay hands on you, pray for you. I want you to stand all over You're a part of this church. You're a part of recognizing <laughs> and releasing and sending tonight for the assignment of God over their life. And Father, as we pray and lay hands on Paul and Shay, God, I believe that tonight, Lord, that there is an impartation that is happening in the Spirit. That God, tonight, that gifts are being released that, Father, have been there but maybe not yet tapped into, that are there, that may have been dormant. That, God, there's not been a demand on them yet. But, God, their feet are about to walk in territories that they've not yet walked. Because tonight you're releasing them to a whole other dimension of ministry and obedience. Lord, and as they say yes to whatever that looks like as an Abraham... God saying yes to a land that he hadn't seen. He don't know, but he's following you. Lord, the same with Moses. Don't know where I'm going, what it's going to look like. I know what you said in the promise, God, but we're going to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night. And God, I thank you for their yes to follow the cloud and the fire. And I thank you tonight as, as we lay hands on them tonight, there's an impartation. God, there's a releasing of gifts, provision. Father, everything necessary. 
for them, Father, to continue to walk fruitfully in, in, in obedience to this call. That God, tonight their yes is empowered, Lord, by everything heaven has. So, Lord, we lay our hands on them and we thank you, God, for the impartation, for the stirring of gifts tonight. God, thank you for the awakening, God, of assignments and purposes, Lord. God, thank you that they hear every detail, God, of the assignment that you are sending them forth to do, God, in this city and every place, God, that they go, that, Lord, that their lives will be fruitful, God, that their lives, Father, will be impactful, that, Lord, that they will pour into others, God, that, Lord, that you will pour them out like a drink offering, according to Paul in Philippians, Lord, pour them out, God, use them, and, Lord, thank you that they will never lack anything, God, they will, they will always remain full because you are the source in which you are pouring from through them. And God, that they will never be emptiness, God. Lord, they will never be lack in their life. They will never be, Father, brokenness, God, in, in a negative way. But Lord, as they are always humble before you and self-broken before you, God, that Lord, the enemy will not be able to touch them. The enemy will not be able to stop what you have ordained for their life, God. And I thank you today that you're releasing them by the Holy Spirit and by your power, God, to fulfill every assignment, every purpose, God. And Lord, may this journey be filled with fulfillment, contentment, and great joy. God, not burdens too heavy to carry, but great joy. Because God, you declared in your word that your burden, Father, was light. God, that your yoke was easy. So I thank you today, Lord, that they will always walk in your will. And God, that you will make every step of obedience easy for them, Lord. And God, thank you for the heart that they will never lose. Yes. The heart that loves the unlovable. Yes. The heart that reaches the unreachable. Yes. The heart that doesn't give up, but continually prays and believes the best. Because God, their hearts are filled with your perfect love. God, we today come in agreements. And we say thank you, Lord, for setting them apart and sending them yeah, yeah. in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. We honor you tonight and thank you. I want to thank you in behalf of those that may never ever get to walk through these doors and see you again. Thank you for your labor of love. Thank you for the people that you'll never know the difference you've made in their life until one day when you stand in heaven and you see the lines of people that your love and your sacrifices has populated. Thank you for your service. We are honored to be part of that journey. One more time. We'll give you praise one more time. That's so awesome. Amen. Glory to God. I thank God for saying Paul from the depths of my heart. If you have your Bibles, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you long. I want a chance to minister to people tonight. So I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. I uh, I did not come in here tonight with this message. As a matter of fact, I, I stood right there and 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 uh populated these scriptures for you tonight because the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. So I believe that I'm on assignment tonight, maybe not for everybody, but for somebody. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible said, And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country called Gadonese. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately. There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had now watch this? Everybody say this with me. Who had his dwelling? Had his dwelling among the tombs. Among the tombs. That's really important that you understand where he had made his dwelling among the tombs. And the Bible said, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. And because that 
he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And I want you to see that again, often bound with fetters and chains. Mm -hmm. And the Bible said, and had plucked asunder by them. In other words, listen, and the fetters broke into pieces. They tried to bind him, but everything they tried to bind him with, he just broke into pieces. And neither could any man, I say that with me, any man. Any man. See, all of these things you need to hear clearly tonight because God is trying to paint a picture of the condition of this man that people had tried to help him and people had done with their own efforts everything they could to try to help this man. But nobody had the ability to help the present condition that he was in. So I need you to see that so important tonight. And the Bible said, and always night and day. It didn't say sometimes, it said always night and day. He was in the mountains and in the tombs crying. Everybody say crying. crying. And the scripture said, cutting himself with stones. Somebody self, if you would say this with me, self-affliction. Self-affliction. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried with a loud voice and he said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou tormentest me not. Verse 8 says, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. I want you to look down a couple of verses with me to verse 18. I'm just sparing some time tonight so I can get into the Word. But I want you to see these two portions. I may preach it all, but these two portions are very important. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil, talking about this man we just read about, prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and how he had compassion on thee. And the Bible said, And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did mark. Father, tonight I thank you for the ability to speak your word, Lord. I just want to say what I hear you saying, Lord. I don't need to, I don't need to preach a, a, a sermon that woos and awes people, but Lord, I just want to say what you want me to say tonight. So take the frailty of this clay flesh, God. And Lord, may you anoint it until the word that comes forth is a word from heaven, that it penetrates the hearts of every person in this place, that it will have the full impact that you desire for it to have on all of us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So Jesus has an appointment in a place called Gatherneeds. You see, I don't believe that he just went to the regions of Gatonese because when he got to Gatonese, he did not minister to the multitudes. He only ministered to a demon-possessed man because after this one account of him ministering to this man, the Bible said that they made him leave that region. So I need you to understand the heart of God tonight, that God will go to regions for one person. That see, God will find you wherever you are, yeah. even if you have made your dwelling place among the tomb. God knows how to find you. Yeah. And I know that some of us have run from God, but I got news for you. You can't hide from God. And I promise you, you can't run hard enough. You can't run far enough to extinguish his mercies that are new every morning. Because people will give up on you. Friends will give up on you. Boyfriends will give up on you. On you husbands and wives will give up on you mamas and daddies will even give up on you but you got to understand some god will not give up on you the bible said when he left the 99 he went after the one until he found it god did not give up on them i know people Genesis 6 and they say the spirit of God doesn't always carry with a man and they use that to tell you if you don't answer their altar call God's going to give up on you and you're lost for eternity I've got news for you God ain't giving up on you 
have a woman you in this room and you need to understand God ain't quit on you. I know people have quit on you. I know you may have quit on yourself, but God has not quit on you. And if you wonder how you know that vision, because I was that guy. I'm the guy that ran so far. I'm the guy that went so deep. I'm the one that fell into so much iniquity. But in the middle of it all, God never gave up. I may have felt like God gave up. I may have felt like people gave up. But I promise you, God found me right in the den of my own iniquity. God, I have watched him find people that gave up on themselves. And we make our own abode. We choose to make our home in a place of the tombs. And let me tell you what that really means to most of us in this room tonight. It means that we chose to live and dwell in a place of death. A place that steals life. That steals things that are of value to us. And we long for them. We like them. They feel good. And we fight to keep them in our life. You understand what he mean by that? You fight to keep a, a, a bondage of sin in your life, like addiction or immorality, and you keep things in your life that steal from you your joy, your peace, your happiness, yeah. your money, your family, your friends, your integrity, yeah. and your character, and you fight and sacrifice to keep it because you don't know any hold outside of the enjoyment of that sin. Come on. The Bible said that sin is pleasurable for a season. What yeah. people don't tell you in the church is, is that sin feels good. Your, your sin may be a sin of sex. It could be a, 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 a sexual immorality. It could be a sin of drug abuse, alcohol abuse, anger. Well, I, I wish I had time tonight. Jealousy, envy, strife. It doesn't matter what the sin of your choice is. The sin of your choice may be adultery, homosexuality. I don't care what your sin of choice is tonight. It could be bitterness and anger. It could be rage. It could be a lot of things in your life. But what we fail to tell people is sin feels good. Yeah. I'm going to say again, sin feels good. If it didn't feel good, you wouldn't do it. Right. The problem we make our home in the midst of that sinful lifestyle. But we don't really understand that that place is the tomb. And if you wonder, if, if, if I can just give you an analogy tonight, that it's not just an analogy from somebody else's life, but it's an illustration from my own life. You understand, I know what it's like to be under the incarcerating power of drugs. I know what it's like to be such a cocaine addict that I felt like the real life was this. Digging in the nap of the carpet of my automobile at 3 o'clock in the morning trying to find a rock that flew off the mirror. Because I fronted three weeks worth of paychecks. And those three weeks of paychecks were my house payment. They were they were my daughter's formula. They were the baby food and the diapers. And it was the light bill and it was the gas bill. But yet I snorted it in one night and I fronted three more weeks of paycheck. I've got no more dope and I'm coming down off a of high. And all I can think about is a little bitty rock that fell off a mirror. And I'm on the side of the road digging through the map for the cart. Yeah. Come on, man. Yes. And we call that life. No. Yeah. We call um. going in and out of the jail system. And we call losing families and, and our wives leaving us and our husbands walking out on our mamas and daddies giving up on us, burning the bridges of friends and relationships, all for the sake of, 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 of embracing this lifestyle that is death. Everybody shout death. Yeah. yeah, it's death because the wages of sin is death. It feels good, but it will catch up with you. Come on, man. I'm going to say it again. It feels good, but it'll eventually catch up with you. Because, see, the word wage of sin means that it's bringing a payday one day. And one day it's going to come knocking and there's going to be consequences for the, for the behavior, whether it's lying or whether it's manipulation, it doesn't matter. At some point in time, sin is going to say, you're going to pay me for the pleasure I gave you. But we made these places our home and they become so familiar, we can't imagine life without it. And we've made the tombs our dwelling place. And here's the thing. People try to control us. People tried to stop us. People that genuinely cared about the destructive lifestyle of dwelling in the tombs and dwelling in a place of death. Not knowing we called it life, but in reality it was a place of death. Or right. well, if anybody can relate to me tonight. Yeah. Anybody that thought that that life that they were living in dysfunction and disarray was really life, but it was really death and darkness. Yeah, come on. Wow. Come on. 
But the enemy so consumed our minds, we felt like living in, a, in the tombs, in the graveyard, was really life. And we, it was good because it was comfortable. It became a way of life. And people wanted to change us. But we fought everything they did that tried to control us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Jail couldn't stop you. No. Prison couldn't stop no. you. Losing your children couldn't stop you. No. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me. People we trying to Come control on. you. Well, if you can't get your act together, we're going to take your children away from you. Somebody said fetters in chains. Yes. It, was the, it was the efforts of people trying to change you. It was the efforts of the judicial system that put you in a cage and tried to change you. Come on. Come on. You can call it crime, but the Bible calls it sin. Yeah, come on. It doesn't matter if it's anger, outrage. It doesn't matter if it's murder. It doesn't matter what you want to call it. But at the end of the day, all of these are sin. Yeah. Come See, on. the problem is I don't think people have a drug problem. I think they have a sin problem. Yeah, I don't on. think people have an alcohol problem. I think they have a sin problem. Yeah. I don't think people have a lust problem. I think they have a sin problem. Yeah. Because most of the things that we battle with in the life, the world has nothing to cure it. But the Bible said yeah. there is a cure yeah. for sin. Yeah. Man's effort is to control you and to manipulate you. Yeah. Man's efforts is to bind you. Mm -hmm. Parents tried to bind you. Parents mm -hmm. tried to control you. That's what they should have done. It was their effort. It was their responsibility. Yeah. The judicial system tries to control you. Am I in the right building today? Yeah. <laughs> everything anybody yeah. ever did to try to get you out of the tomb or to get you to a different place. Somehow or another, the desire for the tombs would break the fetters off. Yeah. Mm. Come on. And instead of the chains changing you, mm -hmm. the chains ultimately empowered you. Yeah. Yes. Because oh, their efforts it. to try to fix you wow. only embittered you. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Come on. Yeah. Uh, mm. And the husband to try to fix you just made you mad. Just fueled your rebellion. Mm -hmm. Don't hear me preach now. Yeah, Mom and Daddy tried to, to try to help you because they loved you just made you more angry and yeah. made you more resentful and drove you further in the power that kept yeah. breaking the things yeah. you were trying to control. Come on. And you end up hating yeah. things yeah. and hating people because you felt like they were trying to control you. Yeah. And somebody said, no man can fix things. No man can bind me. See, here's another analogy of that. Religion tried religion, to bind right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, religion at its core is nothing more than behavioral modification. Yeah, come on. I'm gonna say it again. Religion is nothing more than behavioral modification. And there are a lot of churches that call themselves Christian, but it's really a religious institution that has nothing more to offer you than religious modification. Okay. But see, religious modification yeah. has no more power than everybody else who That's tried right. to help you, that was trying to yeah. control you, that ultimately empowered you to break the shackles. That's right. Amen. That's good. Because it instilled bitterness and anger. And that's why I believe people today all over the, 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 the nation, all over the church, they're angry with church. Yes. Yep. Yep. And can I say this to you? Some of you tried church, but it didn't fix you. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Because Jesus. you tried religion. Yeah. And it was behavioral modification. Right. Wow. Come on. But see, wow. all of a sudden, in the middle of all of That's the good. stress, it. Mm -hmm. the Bible comes out and says, no man can bind them, him. But it goes on to say that when they tried, he would break the fetters and shatter them. Yeah. Watch this. Mm -hmm. But then the Bible says that he was constantly, day and night, crying. Because in all of the efforts to control you, there was still something broken inside of you that left you weeping. Yep. 
and self-destructive. Yes. I'm broke. Yep. And I don't know how to fix me. But nobody's looking. Deep inside, we don't want to live that way anymore. Mm. And the enemy says, well, just die. Because that's what he came to do. Yep. He's that's the true. author of sin. Yep. He's the enticer of sin. He's the serpent in the garden saying, my way's better than God's way. Come on. Yep. God said, don't eat of this. Hey, he lied. Mm -hmm. yep. There's a better way than the life God chose for you. Come on, just eat the fruit. Mm. Come on, just listen to me. Mm. But the problem is, is he's a thief to come yep. and kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah, that's right. And now all of a sudden, I'm living in behavior that is self-destructive. Nobody's having to kill you because you're killing yourself. Yep. Oh, wow. Uh oh, Say that. Can I, can I take yep. you down the road of the prodigal son? See, the prodigal son knew what it was like to sit at the master's table. He knew what it was like to walk in the fullness of the riches of his father. But he thought the pasture was greener on the other side. That he could do what he wanted to do without the father's guidance. Hello somebody. Yeah. He walked away from it. And the Bible said that when he did, he separated himself to a foreign yeah. place. He got as far away from God as he could. And the, the consequences of being away from God is there became a desire in his heart. He became hungry. Everybody say hungry. hungry. And the problem with that hunger is he couldn't fill that void in his life. So he joined himself with a citizen of that foreign country. Mm. And the Bible said that when he started yoking up with other people. Okay. My God. They sent him into the fields to feed the swine. Mm. And, the, and the most powerful part of that whole story is when the Bible said any desire. His desire began to change. Wow. Now he longs. And he's desiring to eat what at one time in his life was despicable and disgusting. Yep. Yes. His desire changed. Yes. Every and all of a sudden the enemy deceives us. And he blinds us. Till we think that living in the tombs Living in darkness, living in brokenness, living in anger, living in resentment, living in and out of the judicial system. I, am I in the right building tonight? Yes. I just yes. want to make sure I, I'm preaching with people that came from where I did tonight. Yeah. That now we think this is normalcy. We think this is okay. Getting DUIs and we just blame the cops and pull us over. Yeah. We blame the institution of, of, of law enforcement. We're mad at them. Yep. Because we drove drunk and they locked us up. We're mad at mom and dad because they tried to control us. A wife that we came home and abused verbally because we were high, that we didn't provide and become a dad that we should have to the children that we brought into the world. Come yeah, on. come on. And we, we, we're, we're angry because they're trying to control us. Yes. Because we think self-destruction is good. Yep. We think wrecking our lives, yes. endangering our bodies. Mm -hmm. See, I'm a little different than most preachers. Uh, I built a meth lab uh, in the <laughs> altar of my church. Come on, man. No. With a thousand people, I put a meth lab on the table. Yeah. I put all of the ingredients of methamphetamines on the table. Yeah. I put the coal and lantern fuel, and I can go on and on and on. I put all the poisons. Uh -huh. I put the acid and all of the things. I put it all on the table. And I poured a glass of water, and I put some powder in another. And I just walked out of the congregation. I said, here. I got a little sign out here. How about snort that? I ain't snorting that. Here, drink this red devil lie. Yeah. Why don't you want to drink it? But you put meth in your body. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yep. And the devil told you it was good. That's right. Yes. Mm. The devil thought that it was good for you. And you 
thought it was good for you. Wow. So you put it in your bag. <laughs> wow. It's poison. It's killing you. It's making you somebody that, that stands against everything that is good. Yes. Yes. And Come you on. make the tombs our dwelling place. And you Come say, on. This is good. Yeah. Digging through the mm -hmm. mouth of the carpet to find the rock yeah. that we spent three weeks worth of paychecks for. So yeah. we can get it on our little finger and rub it on our teeth and go, mm, to get the last taste of the high that we can't feel anymore. Mm. Yeah. I'm talking about how the devil will deceive you with sin. Yes. Come on. Come on. How, how the devil will lure you away from a marriage that's solid and a family that is good and cause you for one moment of pleasure in somebody else's bed to lose your entire family. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Mm. And then you're bitter. Yeah. At the court systems. <laughs> because you're working three jobs to pay alimony. <laughs> I'm talking about the wages. Well, <laughs> that's and the right. whole time the devil's telling you it was worth it. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> because see, it feels good. Oh, wow. My goodness. Oh. And we're dwelling in tombs. <laughs> and we're living self-destructive lives. He's cutting himself with rocks. No different than the young lady that has found the emptiness and the hurt that she feels like my life is so useless. Let me just cut myself yeah. because I need to feel pain. Yeah. I, I'm nobody. I'm no good. Nobody loves me. And I'm all alone. Yeah. And she made herself a dwelling place mm. among the tombs. Yeah. And in the middle of the pain and the despair and the darkness and the dwelling place of the tombs, Jesus steps off a boat onto the seashores of Galilee. Because I come to tell somebody in this room that makes your dwelling place in the tombs, he's coming for you too. Come on. Strip clubs and prostitutes and, and women mm -hmm. that listen, 
I didn't give them money for their, for their bodies. I just gave them dope for their bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. I know what it's like to drink a fifth of liquor and a case of beer every single day of my life. I know what it's like to give up my dog for my dog. I know what it's like to have my wife leave and say, I can't live with you anymore. I know what it's like for my mom and dad to, to detest who I've become and take their hands off me and say, I can't do nothing with you anymore. Come on, testify. I know what it's like to do the dope to try to escape the pain because I've been through hell because when the man that you love the most in your life who represents anything that's good and authority in your life as a young man in the middle of a fit of rage takes a pistol while you hold him and blows his brains all over mm. I understand to hide the pain yeah. through the dope. Mm. I may have never been molested but I've been broken. Yeah. I don't have your backstory. But I got a backstory. Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's right. And I understand what it's like to make my home in the tombs. Mm. Come on, man. And I know what it's like to hurt and be broken. Mm. And think that self inflicted behavior is good. Mm -hmm. And I know what it's like that nothing fixes me. Locked up didn't fix me. No. People walking out on me didn't fix me. Mm. My wife taking my daughter did not fix me. My family disowning me and disinheriting me did not fix me. The police system didn't fix me. I wish I had time. Come on. Yeah, come on. We got time. Trump court couldn't fix me. We got all night. The church <laughs> couldn't fix me. Yeah. But in the middle yes. of the self-destructive, self-inflicted tomb, yeah. September 2nd, 1990, in the middle of the darkness, uh -oh. with a 357 magnum pointed at my temple, uh. hammer caught. Mm. Mm. Six weeks prior to that night, my best friend put a 300 weathering right here. Mm. Uh. If you know what a 300 Weatherby is, and you're a hunter in Kentucky, I imagine you do. And he pulled the trigger. Mm. Mm. Second most important person in my life. Because he was the one I drowned my sorrows with that empowered my tomb mm. lifestyle. Mm. I'm going to call it the, the, the graveyard lifestyle. Yes. Mm. Okay. A self-infliction. What worked? Yeah. My life's a failure. I'm weeping. Every night crying. I'm making a disaster out of my life. I don't want to live this way anymore, but I don't know anything else. Yeah. I've made the tombs my home. Yeah. I don't know if there's a person in this room that can identify with me. Yeah. But that night, September 2nd, 1990. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes. Yeah. Thank not you, the Lord. Baptist church, not the Pentecostal yeah. church, not Come the Methodist church that yep. I was raised in, but yeah. the King of Kings walked yes. in. My Hallelujah. Yeah. He stepped into the front Amen. door of 1116 Lakeside Drive, Wallace, Georgia. And the Amen. King of Glory walked in. And he and I began to have a very brutal conversation. Because I promise you, when God walks on the scene, the demons inside yeah. of you begin yes. to die. Yes. 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 When Jesus put his foot yes. on the shore, that yeah. man ran. Yep. Because he understood the only hope out of a lifestyle yes. of living in the tombs yes. is the man who just put his foot on the shore of Gatterdays. Yes. He didn't come for the well. He came for the worst of the worst. He didn't come for the ones that had to act together. The ones that put it all back together. He came for the one that was broken and did not know how to get out of the tomb. The one who was destroying their lives by their own self-inflicted behavior. That's what he 
paid for. Yes. While we were yet sinners, Christ yes. died for us.
Let me tell you what else he did for me. He taught me how to love my wife. Come on. He taught me never to go to a strip club again. Nobody had to make me quit. That's Nobody right. had to make me wad up that pack of Marlboro Light 100s and throw them in the trash can. Nobody made me do that. There was a change in who I was. Yes. There was a change in my language. I didn't go home and call my wife up. Well, I better not say anything. I, I wouldn't have said it anyway, but I ain't going to use letters. <laughs> I didn't go home and call her ugly names and tell her she wasn't fit to be my wife and she would give me every little thing I wanted. Mm. Wow. He taught me how to have integrity and go home and be a father to yeah. my infant daughter. Yeah. yeah. He taught me how to love my mama and daddy. And he taught me how to be a son. And he That's taught good. me how to show up for work every day on time. Come and he on. taught me how to live within the means of what amount of money I work for six days a week, ten hours a day. Yeah. He taught me how to love people. And he taught me how to treat people right. Mm -hmm. Because see, God don't just change your habit. Yes. He changes all of you. Everything. Right? Yes, everything. Jesus has stepped on the shores of Gatherdees yes. and is stepping into the shores of, of Hopkinsville, Kentucky yes. in the doors yes. of 4D tonight yes. is the God that said, I have the power to change you, not yes. control you, but change you. Yes. Yes. In an instant, you'll never have to put another wheel in your arm. That you'll never have to put another bottle of liquor to your lip. In an instant, you'll never have to go lay in someone else's bed or stare at a computer screen and fantasize. In an instant, you can be healed from the hurts and the scars of the molestation, the abandonment, the abuse, and the hurts of people's failures in your life. Because He came to heal the brokenhearted. In an instant, and in a moment, that all 6,000 tormenting demons will leave you instantaneously. And no power that hell has can stop. The only person that has the power to stop the transforming healing power of what Jesus came to bring is you. Nobody else can stop. Amen. That man was so transformed. And I need you to understand what the rest of that text says. I'm not trying to preach long. The Bible said that people in that region who own those pigs, the transformation of that man scared them so bad that they begged him to leave the regions. And the message I'm preaching to you tonight, that God totally transforms lives, that God totally heals people, yes. that God can change you in an instant, in yes. the twinkling of an eye, that God can deliver you, that yes. God can heal you, that God can take away your cravings, that God can change your attitude, that God can change your behavior. Yeah, come on. It makes people furious. Because it takes away their self-efforts yeah. to try to control mm -hmm. They had rather use their change to control you than Jesus' power to free you. Mm. Oh. Yes. Come on. It's a good word. Mm -hmm. Because he came to free you mm. from the thing that has kept you dwelling in the darkness and in the pain and in the self-destruction. He came to heal the broken heart. Spiritual maturity is a process. But regeneration and transformation is instantaneous. Salvation is not a get out of hell free card. It is the transformation of one's life. From darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God. This is Paul's testimony to the king. Mm -hmm. I come to set them from darkness to light. Mm -hmm.
from the power of sex to the power of God. Because God is in the life changing business. Yes. Just quickly, when Jesus found that little sheep that went astray, you know what he did to that sheep? He didn't just find that one that went astray. When he found it, he picked it up. Put it on his shoulders. Because the sheep was lost and didn't know how to get to what was right. And he put that sheep on his shoulders. This is the New Testament. This is the finished work of Calvary. This is, this is the death and the resurrection. This is, this is the death and the mercy through the blood and the power of the Holy Spirit that is a result of the blood. Yep. And he picks us up. And he takes us where we could have never taken our own selves. Yes. yes. That he's done in us what we could have never done yes. in our own strength. What others' monies, resources, and efforts could not do in us, God done it instantly. Yeah. A woman with an issue of blood, she spent all she had at the hands of the doctors and their condition worsened. But Jesus in a moment. Yeah. But you understand it. When she came to Jesus, she didn't come casually. Yeah. When she came to Jesus, she came and purpose in her heart if I can touch the human this heart. Yes. Only mm -hmm. took that. She came stepping yeah. on time. She came pushing people out of the way because the people were far. She excuse me, I'm not going to be cute. Excuse me, I'm not going to bow my head and raise my hand and do it where nobody sees it. I'm coming after you. Yes. Come See, on. the problem is we taught you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and don't yeah. have any heart and passion for it yeah. and come to him casually. Uh, but if you don't have any no. well, that ain't how we yeah. treat drugs. You and that's right. And you and that's right. And you and that's right. And you and that's Yes. Just let them stay. Get them, Lord. 
that'll continue to stand in the way. I've been saying over 30, listen, I've been in full-time ministry since 1993. Full-time. Doing this every day of my life. Since 1993. You realize in my hometown, they still think I'm Juicy the drug addict. <laughs> they still think I'm the alcohol. They still think on me to fall. Are y'all here? 30 something years later, they still wait on me to blow it. Wow. They're still waiting on me. They're still waiting to read about me being in prison. If they do, it'll be because of the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost baptize me in Holy Spirit and fire. Stretch your hands this way, church. Begin to pray open right now as they receive from God the fire. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about feelings. It's not just about emotions. Those things are real and they're good. There's nothing wrong with them. God's changing lives in this altar tonight. By faith, men and women across this sanctuary, they hold the Jesus tonight. God, I'm never going to be the same. God, I ain't going back. I'm leaving the tombs. I'm coming to the king that has the power to change me.